0: Take your Bibles this morning, uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's there we're going to read uh, verses 16 through uh, 25, but uh, actually uh, we are going to read there this morning, we are going to read the antidote uh, to what it is that I believe that we see going on uh, in our world uh, today. I, I believe that most everybody here this morning uh, would agree with me that we are living uh, in a very dark season. We're living in a very dark day. We're living in a very evil time. The Bible would call the time to which we find ourselves living a very perilous time. It is a very perilous time. It, it is definitely the time that uh, evil is called good and, and good is called evil. It, it, it's a time where people Uh, are are searching for truth, Uh, people uh, need hope in their lives, Uh, we're living uh, in perhaps uh, one of the darkest periods uh, in our lives, especially uh, our uh, lifetime. And so often uh, a, a pastor's job on Sunday morning is certainly to glorify God, certainly to edify saints, certainly to try to, to win somebody to Jesus, but a part of that edification uh, is to encourage you. I, I, most of you all don't really matter, but this is the last Sunday uh, in our church year before we open up uh, this next month, which we're going to spend the whole month Uh, on the topic, Overcomer. uh, It's going to be a great time. I encourage you to be here, bring somebody with you. Uh, But uh, I thought this would be a good way to kind of close out uh, our church calendar year because I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know today that no matter how dark, no matter how bleak, no matter how crazy, no matter how confusing the times to which we live in, that uh, you and I should be settled uh, we should be secure, uh, and we should understand where we're at, uh, and there's some things. That's why we're going to read these things this morning. There's an antidote uh, to kind of go up against what we're finding in the world. Keep in mind today just simply two verses. One verse is simply this, and we know it by heart. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Everybody say that. Greater, Greater is he that- I want you to remember that this morning uh, in light of what we're uh, fixing to uh, look at together, that greater is he, greater is he, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Bible also tells us to be, to be sober, to be alert, to be awake. It says to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your adversary, the devil, uh, he is like a roaring lion. He is walking about. Seeking whom he may devour. In other words, you and I today, uh, we have an enemy in the midst of all of this darkness. We have an enemy that's that's seeking to devour us, seeking to break us down, seeking to to challenge us. And so this morning, I want to put a tag on this message becoming victorious over the enemy, becoming victorious over the enemy the enemy. And in First Thessalonians, we see five things, and there, there could be thousands of things, but this morning, we're going to look at five things, and the first thing we're going to look at uh, may be the most important, because if you're not at this first point that we're going to look at this morning, then you're probably going to have problems with all the other four points, and you'll probably have problems with all the 995-plus points uh, because it's so important today in this dark season, in this dark world, uh, if you and I are going to be a light in the world, uh, that we have got to uh, be the people God uh, has called us to be. And so this morning we are going to just uh, simply stand uh, and let's read that together. Let's stand in honor of God's word. This is the inspired word of God. This is the word of God. In this, word in this word is a power. To change lives. In 1 Thessalonians, beginning at verse 16, it simply says this. It says, rejoice evermore. It says rejoice evermore. It says to rejoice evermore. evermore." So in other words there, we could kind of just say that that there ought to be something about our faith. If you were to read the previous verses, before we get to this antidote, you would see that, that these are some elements, these are some steps, these are some things that you and I ought to practice in our life, especially when we're up against the society to which we live in. It says to rejoice evermore, pray without Ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not signs. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearances of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, I pray God, your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless and to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Let's pray. Father God, today we thank you that your word today is light in a dark place. We're thankful, Lord, for your word that it is hope in a hopeless place. That your word is power for the powerless. That, Lord, for the fearful, it is courage. Lord, for the weak, it is strength. For those that have doubt, it is assurance. Lord, today I pray that we would not merely hear a word from a mortal man, but Lord, today we could hear a word from you. One, Lord, that would change hearts, that could prick minds, that could speak to our heart, mind, body, and soul. And Lord, today if there is a person in this place that is lost in need of you, that today could be the day they could be saved. And Lord, we'll give you credit and praise for all, and it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Maybe may be seated. Some of you are probably old enough to remember this, but in the early 70s, 1973 to be exact, most of us will remember the TV series Super Friends. And the greatest heroes of our time, they they would band together. And they would band together to stomp out the forces of evil wherever or whenever those forces might appear. Let me say that again. I know it was a make-believe, but, 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 but super friends, the, the, the whole mix, the, the whole premise was that they would band together to, to stomp out the dark forces to wherever they would lead or whenever those forces might appear. They were characters that would be Superman. They would be Batman and Robin. Spider-Man and Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and together with their apprentice superheroes, there would be Marvin and Wendy and Wonder Dog, and, and, and they would make up the, the super friends and the friends of the super friends. And they all had enemies. We know that Superman's arch enemy was Lex Luthor. And Batman and Robin they fought all kinds of enemies, but but some of the biggest enemies they ever fought was the Joker and the Penguin. And Spider Man he he would deal with Doctor Octopus and, and 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 Venom. And Aquaman's arch enemy was the Black Manta. And Wonder Woman's arch enemy was Cheetah. And whenever something bad would happen in the land, they, they, they would call on the, the super forces. They would call on the super friends. And the super friends would come and, and they would mop it all up. And, and they would kind of beat it back. And they, they would kind of set the world back in order. Now today, friends, let me just tell you from the start today, more than ever, we don't have the super friends, but we have a super Jesus. And if there's any hope for America, it will be Jesus Christ. If there's any hope for our country, it will simply be God and God alone, plus nothing, minus nothing. We're living in a dark hour and friend, we need to call on God and we need to call on Jesus like never before. But the question of the hour is how has Satan been so successful? How have we gotten to this last Sunday in the year 2023? How has our government become so rotten? How have our streets become so broken and decaying? How come our workplaces no longer are the workplaces that they used to be? How come our families are, are so broken? And how come our children are, are marching around so messed up? How how did our school systems get to, to where they are? How, how did we start dealing with all of this gender stuff? And how did we start going into all of these areas of, of evil and darkness? How is it that, 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 that Satan has been so successful doing what he's done. Matter of fact, today, if we were to take a survey person after person, family after family, generation after generation, house after house, uh, marriage after marriage, we would know somebody that is dealing with dark times, that are dealing with hurting elements to this thing called life. And we would understand very quickly that we would know that That Satan has that roaring lion. He is having a lot of victories today. We would know today that a lot of the suffering that's going on in this world today is because I believe that enemy forces have moved in. And if we did have the the super friends, they they, they would have done called on the super friends. I, I believe no matter what president, the president of the White House would have done made or he would have already dispatched a phone call and he would have said, hey, we need some super friends because friends, we are becoming so dark and we are becoming so evil and we are becoming so crazy. It's simply unimaginable. And it's not just the world that's bad, friend. We have it even inside the church even saved people holy ghost filled preacher pray and preachers and devoted deacons and trusty trustees and upright ushers we 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 have people today that are even in the church even people that are christians people that have been saved and bought by the blood of jesus christ they seem to be having a whole lot of tough times dealing with the enemy as well how many preachers have we seen that's fallen how many churches have we seen? How many documentaries do we need to see of churches that had some sort of evil going on on the inside and it's turned the world off and, and people no longer even believe into the church. I mean, I mean, no, people are no longer running to church for the hope of the world or, or turning to Jesus because people think they've seen enough already. And the question is how has Satan been so successful? You know, it's not just the world, it's not just those of us that are in this place today, but even if we were to look in Bible times, Noah had his issues and Moses had his issues, and Abraham and Sarah and David and Solomon and Elijah and Samson, Peter, James and John. They they they, they all dealt with some sort of evil. They all dealt with some sort of sin. They all dealt with some sort of of, of, of darkness. How has Satan been so successful at getting so many people to fail? How has he been so successful at blowing probably the biggest storm, spiritually speaking, on America that we have ever seen in our lifetime? How come you and I might recognize it, but the world and your neighbor doesn't recognize it? How come you and I can see the truth and and know the truth and know that the only hope for mankind is simply Jesus Christ, but somehow our world doesn't get it? They, They believe it's going to be found in a bottle. They believe it's going to be found in a drug. They believe it's going to be found in biology or science or AI or whatever it is. The world is constantly looking for the answer when the answer is squarely in the middle of their face. It's simply Jesus Christ. He's the only hope. He's the only hope for our world. But I've noticed that Satan is very good. He is very good at what he does. He's very good at at, at seducing us. Just like Peter. Peter warns the people to be sober, to be vigilant, because that devil is a roaring lion. is walking about seeking whom he may devour. You know what? If your marriage is really good today, you better be careful, because Satan wants to destroy it. If you've got a family that's really put together here this morning, you better be very careful because Satan desires to destroy it. Today, you need to understand that he's not after the drug dealer because he already has them. He's not after the alcoholic because he already has them. He's not after the person that's popping fentanyl or cocaine. He is after you and I. Because the only hope that this world has is sitting inside of this room today. We've got to band together to go out there in this world and to make a difference. And if you and I are asleep in the barracks, if you and I aren't making a difference in this dark world, then friends, the world is never going to see the light that they need to see. So in 1 Thessalonians, we see some ingredients. We see some ingredients that we need to have. And the first one we stressed a few times on the opening, and it is simply said to rejoice evermore. What we could say to that verse, if we were to kind of break it down a little Polk County like, is that you need to be full of joy and you need to be happy in your faith. One of the ways Satan seduces us is to convince us that we are not happy as believers. And we find ourselves in a rut we find ourselves in a pit. We we find ourselves complaining and murmuring. You give me somebody that is constantly complaining and murmuring, and I'm going to tell you that is somebody that is not happy in their faith. And friends, today on Sunday morning as the sun uh, got up in its orbit today and the warmth is coming off the sun and the light is coming off the sun, the happiest people on the planet today ought to be people that have bowed a knee and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Everybody smile real quick. It'll help the preaching, son. But listen, you need to know today that you need to be happy in your faith. You don't have to have money to be happy in your faith. You don't have to have a great car to be happy in your faith. You you don't have to have a big home to be happy in your faith. Your your marriage ain't got to be on top of the game to be happy in your faith. I mean, your kids or your prodigals don't have to be home to be happy in your faith. You need to be happy in your faith just simply because of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Every day that you wake up in the planet, you need to find something that you can be happy about. Something that you can smile about. Something that says that, hey, I may not have all the money. I may not have cars. I may not have houses. I may not have this or I may not have that. But I can still be happy in my faith. Because what makes me happy is not all those things. What makes me happy is Jesus Christ. What makes me happy is the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of me. You see, probably first and foremost and probably above everything else, if we get a bunch of sad Christians, if we get a bunch of Christians that just simply get in the rut of going to church, they just simply listen to preachers and singing songs and that's all they ever do, then friends, those are people that aren't going to be happy. But if we get people that show up for church, and it ain't about a preacher, and it ain't about music, but it's about God. And I mean, I mean, you start seeing somebody in the parking lot, and you say, hey, did you see what happened today? I mean, it ain't what happened to the preacher, it ain't what happened in the music, but it's, hey, I was there, I felt the Spirit of God move, man. I set my chairs on fire. The people behind me got excited because I got excited. The people in front of me got excited because I got excited. The people beside me got excited because I got excited, and that was a happy place to be. This ought to be the happiest place on the planet. You ought to not have to pay $150 a ticket to go to Disney World to be happy. Now listen, that's a happy place. But I believe the happiest place ought to be the house of Almighty God. And then in verse 22, it tells us that not only do we need to be happy in our faith, but we need to learn to abstain from evil. It says there the appearances of evil you know today we've had it both ways for far too long we we've had nearly every form of evil you can think of not only do we have to be happy in our faith but we need to abstain from evil and we need to understand the first point and the second point they kind of go hand in hand because the greatest source of god-given power in our lives is to remain pure to be holy for he is holy you know I, 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 I would say this but 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 you know living here, especially in in, in this area uh, as, a, as a pastor I'm probably fairly sheltered I'm, I mean I come to church I'm, I mean I go out to eat from time to time I'm not that sheltered I watch some TV so I'm certainly not that sheltered but but let me tell you what I, I don't really get out there get out there. you know what I'm saying and maybe you don't either, but I'll tell you what you go on vacation you go on vacation for seven days and I'll tell you what you will get an education. You will find out some things that you never thought you would ever want to find out. I mean, you'll find out that somehow you're behind like 20 years. The world has advanced like so far ahead of you. You know, I mean, we are living in a strange society. I mean, a very uh, worldly society. And Satan is trying to do that all that he can do to whisper into people's ear. He's trying to tempt us. He's trying to seduce us. He, he, he's trying to get Christians to not be happy. And if you're not happy, then you're going to have a real hard time abstaining from evil. Because let me just tell you what, friends, when you're not happy in your faith, I mean, everything else that would go underneath that is going to struggle. So we need to be happy in our faith. We need to abstain from evil. And then in verse 17, it says, unceasing in a prayer life. Now, I'm not talking about uh, lunch prayers. I'm not even talking about bedtime prayers. I believe prayer, I mean, I mean, those, those, those are good prayers, but I, I, don't, I don't think those are the, I don't think those are the super prayers. I mean, those are sometimes the uh, habit forming prayers. You know, we feel like, well, we got to pray before the food and that's good. I, I believe that's God honoring. I believe we should pray before food. I believe if you can stay asleep long enough, you should pray before you go to bed. If you want to pray when you get up, when you're fully rested, pray when you get up. But let me just tell you what, I believe prayer is something that you do when you're driving uh, to work, when you're coming home from work, when you're in the shower, uh, when you're brushing your teeth. I mean, I mean prayer is, 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 is you in communication to God. It's you having your thoughts fixated on God. And not just you talking to God, but God talking to you. It's a two-way street. And that's what it says here in Thessalonians. It says, says the way we fight back this evil is to be happy in faith, to abstain from evil, and to have unceasing prayer life. And then in verse 18, we see a very interesting one. It tells us to be thankful and to be grateful. You see, in order to live a seduce proof life, you've got to have an attitude of gratitude. You have to be real careful in this world with dissatisfaction with your faith. Because if you get dissatisfaction with your faith, you might have a dissatisfaction with your marriage. You'll have a dissatisfaction with relationships. You might even have a dissatisfaction with yourself. I'll put a coin in the meter and park there right quick. You need to know that you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. You are God's man. I mean, you just need to say, I am it, baby. I mean, God designed me from the ground up. And I'm not talking about pridefulness or conceit. But let me just tell you what you're God made God made you exactly who you are. He knows the number of of, of hairs on top of your head now for some, it don't take him much to remember because it's only like two or three but listen you you you're you were brought into this world by God, God thought you up. Your design is is not from anything other than God and God alone, man. I mean, you are special. I don't care what the world tells you. You are special. You are uniquely, you are designer. You are Cartier. You are Versace. You are Louis Vuitton, baby. I mean, you need to have a little pep in your step and a little glide in your stride. And you need to say that, hey, I ain't made in China. I ain't made in the US. I'm made in the heaven of heavens. God put me in the womb. God designed me. There's something special about me. And I'm not, like I say, I'm not talking about that conceitedness thing. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm just talking about you need to know who you are. So you need to be happy in your faith because it starts with being happy in your faith. If you're happy in your Lord and Jesus makes you every day, then 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 then, then hey, that'll lead to everything else. Then you abstain from evil. Then you learn to have relationship, relationship sort of prayers. I mean, not just prayers that go one way, but prayers that go both ways. That you're in constant dialogue with the Lord. And then you will be grateful and thankful. You know, I, I don't know if you, you ever think about this. I, I get to think about this a lot because I guess I go to the hospitals and stuff. But, but today there are people that are fighting for their life. Some of them are little kids. They've already got cancer. Today, there are people that are having memory problems. There are people today that are having walking problems and talking problems, people that's had strokes and heart attacks. There are people all over the world today that don't even have food. And you and I wake up in the greatest nation in the world and we have food. Did anybody not eat yesterday because they didn't have any food? If you did, we'll give you a gift card at the end of service. Uh, Listen. There's something every day for us to be thankful for and to be grateful for. Every day if you wake up and you are living and you are breathing and God has given you yet another day to live and breathe, you need to be thankful. God's people, if there's any people that ought to be able to find the good and the negative, it ought to be God's people. But yet I see a lot of people that aren't thankful and aren't grateful. Sometimes, even as we get older, and I, and I, I love the older generation. I, I, I love that group. I love to be with that group. But sometimes we, we begin, and, and it's happened some to me, to be honest with you. When we get older, we kind of start getting more grumpier. Have you noticed that? You just do. You start taking, taking your pain out on other people and your problems out on other people. I've always said that hurt people always want to hurt people. But listen, if you've been walking with God for a long time, you ought to have a big smile on your face. You ought to abstain from evil. You ought to be in constant prayer with God. And then you ought to be thankful and grateful every day that God gives you on the planet. I mean, if you're barely making it, you ought to find something to be thankful for. If you're walking on a walker, you ought to be thankful that you can walk on a walker. If you ain't breathing well, if you ain't seeing well, you ain't hearing well, you ought to be just glad for whatever it is that you got left. You might be just simply running on leftovers, baby, but you're still on the planet. You're still here and you're still alive and you need to learn to be thankful and you need to learn to be grateful. That leads me to this final thing in verse 19. It says to do not quench the spirit because see, when you slip in your faith, You get involved in evil. You stop praying. You're no longer grateful. You're no longer thankful. All of a sudden, morality and values begin to depart. And all of a sudden, we stop living a life of victory. Whenever we are being seduced by the devil and we're being tempted, we are quenching the spirit. And today, we have a lot of people today, I I believe that, are living a life of a quenched spirit. We're really not getting all that God wants us to get out of life every single day. Friends, I, I've, I've kind of made up my mind, and I'm not perfect at this. I'm not, never perfect at anything because I'm just a wretched sinner. Say, by the grace of God, I have my struggles. You have your struggles. You have your stories. I have my struggles. I ain't nothing uh, any more than you except for God, a place call on my life to preach. But I want to tell you this, friends. That you need to understand today that the devil is trying to do all that he possibly can do to seduce you and to get you off course for God. And what we need to do is we need to band together as a group of believers. And we need to be the people of Almighty God. And that's not just simply being Bible thumpers and throwing the Bible all around on people and telling the world what they need. It starts with, how about you just simply be happy? Put a smile on your face. Be happy. Be happy that the Spirit of God lives in you. Be happy that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. Be happy. Be happy that you got the help that you got. Be happy that you got the steps that you can take. Just simply learn to be happy. I believe today, more than ever, Christians and churches need to learn to be happy again. Because it'll learn. It'll lead. To a lot of different things. Let me cut across the field. Let me close. I began this morning by telling you about super friends. But there's some details that I left out. When I was a kid, I I keep it in my phone. If you ever want to see it, I'll show it to you. I I talk about it like the last few weeks. Seems like every single week. I lived in a $20,000 house that's still on Zillow, $20,000. But I didn't like Batman. And one of the reasons why I didn't like Batman, I mean, he was a superhero, but he had a lot of equipment. So my parents couldn't buy me the Batmobile. They couldn't buy me all the watches and the gauges and the guns and all those things. So I I really didn't identify that much with Batman. I didn't like Spider-Man. He, he wasn't even really, he, he's more of the Marvel than he was of the Super Friends, but, but I included him today because he was kind of friends of the uh, uh, of the Super Friends. And, and, and Spider-Man, I, I never believed in any of that stuff. I mean, somebody shooting spiders all over the place and climbing big buildings and stuff, that never made no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, that was just all fantasy tale. Uh, just grown man can't swing from buildings on, on, on a spider web. I ain't never seen a spider web that strong. You know what I'm saying? So I... I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I didn't go for that at all. And then Aquaman, back in the day, I was just a kid growing up, early 70s. I didn't know how to swim. I mean, I couldn't swim at all, and so I didn't identify with Aquaman at all. I mean, I mean, I just eliminated that right up front. But there was one that they would say, it's a bird. They would say, it's a plane. And they would say, it's Superman. And I like Superman. And I think the reason why I like Superman so much is because Superman was, was not super all the time. He was actually a news reporter by the name of Clark Kent. And Clark Kent, he was just normal, he was kind of nerdy, and he had a girlfriend, Lois Lane. I mean I mean, I mean, just man, she was a knockout, wasn't she? I mean, just beautiful Lois Lane. But they were just kind of normal people. But every time evil would happen on the planet. Every, I mean, even if he was with his girlfriend, or even if he was in that daily newspaper station, all of a sudden, evil and darkness would start to occur somewhere in the world. And they would somehow dispatch Superman. And Superman would go into a phone booth. Y'all remember that? He'd go in a phone booth. And all of a sudden, Superman... Superman, Superman, he would all of a sudden, he would convert from being normal and ordinary to being Superman. And he would fly all over the world, dispatching evil. And I've come this morning not to discuss the Superman of the superheroes, But today, greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. We got a super Savior by the name of Jesus Christ. By the name of Jesus Christ. And friends, today, we need to band together to stop out the evil in this world. And we're going to do it by being happy. Friends, today, you've got something locked up inside of you. The world may not see it. The world may not know it. But Jesus lives inside of you. You got a, a super savior living inside your life. That will allow you to overcome things. That friends, when the world is crying, you can smile. When things are bad, things can be good for us. Because in the end, you and I know how it turns out. And every day that I live, I'm longing for that day. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. Honestly, I've, I've, I've read some sermons That I might have just been running on on empty. But I'm going to tell you what, I am so looking forward to the Lord's return. And I believe that we're closer every single day. And I stopped by to tell you this morning, friends, that, that there's probably thousands of antidotes to this dark world that we're living in. But I think it starts with you and I just simply being happy. Can you be happy in Jesus again? Can you just simply be happy in the Lord, plus nothing, minus nothing? You don't need anything else. You don't need a new car. You don't need, need any of those things. You, you just need to be happy in Jesus. And you do that by abstaining from evil. You do that by unceasing prayers. You do that by being grateful and thankful for the life that God has given you. And you do that by not quenching the spirit. Everybody smile again real quick. Maybe it's been a while since you smiled. Because you know what? In this world, there's a lot in the world that makes us want to frown. I'm just telling you, friends, it's time for us to be happy again. And you know what? Somebody will pull you over and they'll say, what are you happy for? And you can say, with all I see, it must say that our God is on his way. And he's coming again real soon. Let's stand this morning. Let's pray.